Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the latest audio version of the dispatch from the Valley of the Stars. You might be able to hear in the background the buzz of aircraft circling around. That's because we have a, a fire on the land and Garfi's doing his job to scare it away. Anyway, yes, yeah, so the name of this dispatch is That Old Faux Fire. For now, the valley is safe, but we're international news. Being in the right place at completely the wrong time used to be a professional blessing for me. But these days, I'm not so sure. When I was a BBC foreign correspondent, friends would ask where I was planning to visit next so they could avoid going there on holiday because news stories seemed to follow me around the world. What could possibly happen moving to Miami? Hurricane Katrina hit there first. Or Bangkok? Weeks of violent street protests ended by a military massacre. Or Kabul? Afghanistan was supposedly back on a happy democratic track at the time. What could possibly happen in Odemira, Alentejo, in a remote rural spot, living off the grid, ignorantly? Fire, it seems. Last year was a huge shock when fire rushed up the Valley of the Stars, burning our land and sending us scattering around with just an hour to choose which worldly possessions to pack into Cassie the Hilux and to head for the hills with the dogs. So when fire came to Odemira again this week, to the southern edge of our nearest town of Sao Teotonio, and this time was a large enough blaze to make international news, I began to ask if the gods of news might consider leaving me alone, now I've left the BBC. The fire began on Saturday, apparently at a picnic area, popular for barbecuing, close to the main road, and it quickly spread into narrow valleys of tinder-dry eucalyptus forests. But it was Monday's strong easterly winds which brought hot, dry air from Spain and drove the fire towards us. People were evacuated from guest houses and homes as the fire spread out of control and the smoke started blotting out the sun. It grew to twice its size in just a few hours. Dramatic pictures and a proximity to the holiday-making spot of the Algarve gave this story a lot more attention than I expected, and so I was drawn back into the old job, doing live interviews for BBC TV and radio programmes throughout the day. It's a popular tourist area in its own right here, and thankfully our friends who evacuated guests from their Atera eco-boutique glamping lodge avoided the flames, and their place was saved. Other tourist lodges appear not to have been as lucky. This week is the Mayo Sudoeste Music Festival, a Portuguese Glastonbury, which is held not too far up the coast from us, and for now it's going ahead as planned. Fire trucks arrived from all over Portugal, and aircraft have been continuously flying to a nearby reservoir to pick up water, to drop on buildings, and douse areas ahead of the fire to try and stop it spreading more. Today we were blessed by calm air, with high temperatures, but little wind to drive the fire forward. Roads are still closed as more than a thousand firefighters spent another day cutting firebreaks with ploughs and trying to contain the flames while they can and before the high winds return. We discovered an amazing website for monitoring fires from NASA satellite information, which you can find on the uh, website version of uh, Off Grid and Ignorant in Portugal on Substack. But hitting refresh every 30 seconds doesn't help reduce stress levels. And so we went out and about to see for ourselves where the fire had reached and which way the wind was going. The evenings here are usually calm and so a big red glow on the horizon soon subsided. The full extent of the damage is still hard to know. 
and the threat is still not over. Our friends who breed Lusitanian horses are closer to the fire and more at risk from the switching wind direction. But if the blaze heads down their valley, it will come towards us as well. We are all on high alert. As we watched the satellite map refresh, we feared for the beautiful Vicentino vineyard, one of the biggest producers of Pinot Noir in Portugal and a place we take all our guests. We know the guys there well and it wasn't looking good until I received a message that they'd managed to save both the new winery, which only received its first harvested grapes last week, and the vineyards by fighting the fire themselves. The trees and fields cleared to build the winery acted as a firebreak and helped protect the vineyards. 45 members of staff stayed on the land to put out spot fires, dousing vines with water and ploughing firebreaks to protect the farm as the fire closed in. With the enormous heat, the eucalyptus trees send burning globes 200 metres and they start new fires, said Vicentino and Frupor owner Oli Martin Siam, who was critical of the fire brigade for a lack of communication between crews and central command. I'm frustrated because of the lack of action from the fire brigade and the police, he said. There were three big trucks full of water sitting there all day and they did nothing. We were putting the fires out ourselves. We asked why they were not helping and they told us they were waiting for instructions from above and couldn't help. My frustration is with the bureaucracy and the bad management of the fire, said the Norwegian grower who's lived and farmed in the area for 50 years. When you have a large fire, you need good organisation at every level. But firefighters were admitting there was nothing they could do to help us because they were waiting for instructions, he said. A lot of firefighters are volunteers and they have been working tirelessly for the last few days. Crews arrived from all over Portugal to help, but we also heard criticism last year about the lack of communication between different agencies and crews. When the fire goes into the eucalyptus or pine nut forests, there's not much they can do except to try and direct it into more open areas where there's less fuel for the flames and away from houses which are the firefighters' priority. Last year, we were very unlucky when the fire came up our valley for the first time in a 100 years, but extremely lucky, we escaped largely unscathed. Most big fires rage in the interior of the country, close to the border with Spain, where the temperatures are a lot higher. But again, we've been unlucky that a strong east wind arrived in those couple of days before a fire could be brought under control. It's another reminder for us all to make sure our land is cleared of old branches and leaves, that we have fire breaks in place, no wooden decks, and perhaps that we might need to get some sheep or goats to do some of the work for us. And if we get grazers, we'll need someone to look after them. And that's when Vasco the Llama comes along. I've always wanted a llama, and what better name for him? Right now, we're optimistic, but we're vigilant. We can still hear the buzz of the planes overhead. The black plumes of towering smoke are now a misty layer in the distance, but that buzz of aircraft's a constant reminder it's not far away, and there's always the risk of new sparks and strong winds. If it does come closer to us, we've done this before and know the drill. We know what to grab and throw in the car. We'll just have to leave a few things out this time as we have an extra three young cats to accommodate and they don't currently get on. I don't think this is the new normal for our part of Portugal, but I think it will be a more familiar occurrence across large swathes of southern Europe as temperature records are broken and long periods of drought persist. Thank you to everyone who's been in touch to make sure we're OK. So far, so unfiery in the Valley of the Stars. And long may it remain that way. Thanks again for listening. 
Please have a look at the website, Off Grid and Ignorant in Portugal, to see the links and the photographs I put up there. And hopefully join us for some better news next time.